Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me, um, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions, send them over. Now, also, if you missed a show or you came in the middle, all the shows are archived. You can check them out on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, this morning, you know, you guys, I always have these great writers on, and it, it never amazes me that I am surprised by things. Like, you can always learn something new. Don't think that you know everything. And this writer here definitely took me for a curveball in a couple of her chapters or short stories. Um, she's an ACO Kane Prize finalist. Um, she's garnered fellowships from McDowell, Kimbelio, U-Cross, and Wurlitzer Foundation, and several others. This is her first book, Walking on Calorie Shells, and it was hailed by the New York Times as a raucous and thoroughly impressive debut, and I agree. And it says, with stories to get lost in again and again. Um, it's a New York Times Editor's Choice Indie uh, next pick. So I'm going to be giving away some copies, as you guys know I do. Uh, good morning, Nana and Kwesi. Oh, good morning so much, Joy. And I love this. It's Joy in the morning. I love to have some joy on a Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> and this is my first time actually being on a, on a call-in show. I've, I've only seen it on television, like Dr. Fraser Crane on Fraser. <laughs> so this will be an interesting experience. And, and thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for the listeners, those of you who listen later on, and those of you who call to, in today. I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. I hope you have a little pancakes with that and some maple syrup. You know, I, I mean, joy covers only so much. <laughs> but <laughs> I got a little coconut water here, so just in case I'm getting parched, so that I have to do, and then I'll get my little eat on afterwards. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me ask you, what do you like for, do you do brunch? And, like, what do you like for your brunch? Like, it, it, like where do you go uh, for your brunches? Oh, my God, Joy, you've just opened the Pandora's box. Brunch is, like, literally Uh-oh. my favorite meal of, See, of look all at time. That. Like, okay. Uh, do, do you, are you a brunch person, too? Are you, like, my kids? Yes, folk? I'm a brunch <laughs> person, and 
I love, I like cooking. Like I, I love to have, I would love to have people over, but I also like going to different restaurants and trying different brunches at different places. And I definitely have my favorites. What are some of your favorite places to go for brunch? So let me be honest, right? So I just moved down. I moved in the middle of COVID to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I'm still trying to find what? out some of the places. What? Wait, what? Yeah. You mean where? Okay. No, yeah. I, I know where you are. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> just hamming it up for the folks. <laughs> but it's true. I live in Alabama now. Um, I used to be, like, I was a New Yorker. I was a brunch girl. Like, I would, like, every, you know, there's always a new restaurant and always a new spot to kind of explore. So, literally, Thomas Diner were up the street, which used to have, like, like lines around the, 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 the blocks. I used to go there. Like, I, these are places that were, like, you know, have homages and songs. And I was, those are my brunch spots. And, like, literally walking distance from my house, you know. I used to do brunch like it was a religion. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I love a good mimosa. I love a good uh, chat with the girls. I love, like, I loved everything about it. I love the mixture of savory and sweet. I love the fact that, like, you know, brunch is living its, in a, its own, like, kind of, like, bizarre world where it doesn't know whether it's going to be dinner, it doesn't know whether it's breakfast, it's doing the most, it's be extra, it's doing everything. So that's, I'm a brunch person to the max. Oh, my God. That's so crazy, right? Like some places they have the breakfasty stuff, like they have the pancakes, the waffles, you know, the sausage, and then other places are doing like burgers and like fajita type of things, and you're like, what? And and, and depending on what um, ethnic ethnic group uh, type of restaurant you're going to, they have their own little niche of you know their foods. So yeah, it's so many things that you could get. Me, my personal is like I love blueberry pancakes. I love waffles. Oh, yes. Um and yes. some days yes. I, I do like I do like just omelet. Sometimes I I don't want the heavy carb thing like but but I I'll just do the omelet thing. And um there's places that give you so much food like you can only like eat half. Like like there's a place called Sabrina's. If you ever come to Philadelphia oh, you gotta nice. go to Sabrina's and you and, and like oh, you're gonna nice. take the doggy bag out. Yeah. So um, I just had a writer, like, a, a, another um, famed short story writer, was visiting from um, Philly, um, Carmen Maria Machado, and she was talking about like the the restaurants out there, and I was just like, I need to hide me over to Philly because you guys sound like you are culinary masters over there. I was just like, Ugh. I you know, I was like, I know that there's some some good eats out here, so I'm not gonna you know dog out Alabama, but I just have not necessarily established because I was in my little pandemic pod for the first you know, year or so that I was here. So now that I'm tentatively, like, you know, tentatively peeking my little head from under my turtle shell and, and you know, I'm going to explore and then I'll have to get back to you and your re- and your audience and let them know what the good spots here to eat brunch. But yeah. Um, yeah, I do a little bit we'll of good, good chicken and waffle. <laughs> so chicken and waffle. Chicken and waffle. Like, okay. See, my daughter likes like that. Like I said, savory and, and sweet. Mm-hmm. Savory and sweet. Well, let me mm-hmm. tell the audience, you are in Alabama, not just move. She's a professor of English at the University of Alabama. So she didn't just, like, haphazardly, you know, move down there, like, in the middle <laughs> pandemic, uh, let me get my southern roots on type of thing. No, she she moved there. She has a job. Um, mom, quote, unquote, you know, like, Mom, I have a job. I know. Um, <laughs> right, right. That's what, like, all my New York friends are like, Alabama, Alabama, you know, but I was like, they felt that same way when I was moving to Iowa for my MFA. So I'm like, I'm going where opportunities are. I have a tenure track professorship in English, and I'm just, I'm here. I'm enjoying my students. My graduate students are amazing. I get to talk about literature all the live long day, much like you do. So I, I understand like the joys of getting to talk about something that you love. So 
that's what I'm doing. Well, let's talk about that. You know, being a professor, you get new students, you know, all the time. What do you throw on them first when they come in? What's their, like, first assignment uh, when they come to your class? So it's interesting. So I teach different kind of classes, right? So for my fiction workshops, which are like the kind of core of, you know, our curriculum, I teach graduate students, I teach undergraduate students, but like teaching them how to read literature and how to look at writing, it's not just like, you know, readers because it's like a book club and they're just enjoying it and like teaching them how to kind of learn the ideas of the craft, right? So sometimes I just Mm -hmm. give them like little, basically like, you know, terms list like these are literary terms so something and i tell them like look you know just because i'm speaking in this way don't don't worry you don't need to know all these terms like you don't need to know what point of view is or you don't need to know immediately what what when i'm saying when i when i'm talking about like you know um viewpoint or beating heart or you know or the inciting incident right what happens is that over the time i'll be using these terms and you will know intuitively that that's something that you always knew was important to a story and now you'll have the terms for it so i just get them you know situated in the vernacular and like so they understand that you are like a you know, this is your toolkit. You are now a technician. You're not just an enjoyer, like a layperson of of reading. You are reading mm-hmm. to see what you can emulate, what you can, you know, you know, take and even do better. So that's what you know. That's your eyes are constantly looking for those. Like, how can you replicate that magic on a page? And what types of authors? I mean, what what authors do you suggest? Is, say, you, so you're talking to somebody who's in high school right now. What should they be reading if they want to be a writer, like they see themselves in the future to be a writer like you? Oh, my goodness. I actually have, like, a whole um, reading list for, like, you know, new collegians just telling them to read very widely and read very wildly, right? I literally, like, tell them not necessarily the exact books I think they should read, though I do a little bit of that too, but I do suggest that the types of books, like, so they could have a range of reading experiences, right? I tell them so to steep themselves in different cultures, to read books by women, to read, to read poetry, you know. Because, you know, what happens sometimes is people get a niche and they're just like, oh, my God, I only like such and such, right? I grew up, mm-hmm. I've been reading and writing stories since I was nine years old. So and when I was nine years old, I was writing little fan fiction before I knew what fan fiction was. Fan fiction of myself in space with uh, cat, uh, with a horror, <laughs> <a horror> massage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So I was okay. doing that, but, and I was also doing, you know, writing stories about Regency England because Lizzie Bennett from Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice was, Prejudice was my imaginary bestie. So I tell mm-hmm. them to read very widely, widely and not to get stuck on genre, not to get stuck on, you know, any particular author. I think that, you know, you can have your favorites, of course, but, you know, because I do have, like, you know, I go, we all go through different points in our life. Like, you can tell me, like, Toni Morrison is still, like, goat you know i had that little goat um promo in the beginning still goat in my yeah. mind um gabriel garcia marquez all these people who like first introduced me to magical realism in college when you know like so i, I was like oh i can do literary stuff and still do my weird sci-fi spooky stuff too <laughs> I <love> the idea <laughs> of that. you know <laughs> that was the first time i saw that because i had it like you know i loved all my like 
the speculative fiction stuff growing up, but I was just like, oh, but people poo-poo that, and they don't necessarily know. And I have a preoccupation with words and wordplay. So when I started coming into more writers who were doing both of those things, it was just, like, magical for me. So it was my magical realism, <laughs> the magical realism of the magic. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I tell, I, I tell them to please, please, you know, not get caught up in, it's you know, in, like, what people say you should read, read what you what you read what floats your boat and try to read read as widely as possible. So, like, if there's a like, I, there's literally a, like a list. Like, read some Shakespeare, like you know, something that's canonical. Read, um, read like you know about like scientific, you know, like um, scientific and historical books. So I told them like on the last list I sent out to a class, I sent it said read like the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks, you know, mm-hmm. and learn about like this black woman whose you know DNA and was the at the at the center of all major scientific developments in these last century, you know, the last century or so. So these are the kind well, of things know, that I tell them. Like, yeah. that you, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, in this book, you know, you're talking about, um, like, misconceptions. Um, and and the one story, you know, I mean, there's a story in there that's a, the, the scary story, uh, if you will. I, I, is this a scary story? I don't know. It just kills you inside. Uh, yes, I guess it depends yes. on the person. It, it depends mm-hmm. on who's like, reading oh, it. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Did I, no, did, go I, did, ahead, I go. Um, did I go ahead and give away the plot line? <laughs> you like? No, no. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I said because I said zombies, and I was just like, oh, Joy was probably, probably trying to like leave some breadcrumbs to to get people to that scary story conclusion. But go ahead. No, no, no. But the the, the scary thing is the, the the first the first page when it says uh, some of it is true. Mm, that's, that's, mm. that's you know so then it's like well what part is true ah uh, uh, yeah it, yeah you know what I'm saying so uh, but let me ask you because the audience is probably like okay y'all talking about brunch y'all talking about this what is this book about talk to the audience just a little brief what is the book about and are you able to read any of the book today I don't know if you got that email um oh I did that's all right no, that's okay. I put I sent you a confirm this morning as well, and I'm gonna I can read some portions of the book as well. Um, yeah, okay. the book is like a it's a collection of, of short stories which crosses genres. So as Joy and I have been talking about, like I love magical realism. So there's a magical realist story in a kind which literally references Gabriel Garcia Marquez and has that that kind of wonderful like you know quiet as is kept kind of voice to it and it's um a mommy wata which is like an African mermaid you know and explores like mermaid lore across the world um there's the story that she say that Joy is saying give her a little a, a little chills and like you and like you wonder is this real is this is this live is this memorex that's uh it just kills you inside that's a zombie apocalypse story where it's unfolding on the continent of Africa, but you don't really don't know who the monsters are because you have so many people coming in, like big pharma and big agro, and people and all these spin meisters who come in and take these zombies and and they use them for their own ends. So that's idea. It's talking about the ideas of like, like you know, what is blackness and who gets to decide, you know, when something is is an illness or you know, talking about the the denigration the of of African. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have stories that are, you know, set in the in the church, you know, where I'm like, you know, and I'll be reading a little bit from that today, like The Devil's a Liar, which is a mother and daughter who are dealing with their, you know, a family crisis, and they're kind of trying to hearken to their own spiritual identities. One of them is married to 
I'm a pastor in a big um, black mega church, and then the mother is coming from her own Afro-Christian spiritual warfare where there's a mixture of, like, the old, ancestral, the old school ancestral beliefs and ancestor worship and, like, you know, and, like, a little bit of juju tinged into the Christianity. So, I mean, I feel like I have a story at Comic-Con, you know, where it's, like, a young girl who's trying to figure out, hey, I want to be a graphic novelist. I want to write graphic um, write graphic novels and, like, what to my friend who I have a crush on and he's an illustrator. But my African parents are going to be like, no, you got to be a lawyer, doctor, engineer. So all yep, the stories yep. deal with, you know, with, like, you know, ideas of, like, you know, people who are in, like, walking on cowrie shells, which is basically my way of saying, like, you know, walking on eggshells and I'm taking it to cowrie, which is a very iconic African image, was, you know, was used by a currency across the continent. But... Walking in cowrie shells just basically means that people are trying to become something. They're in liminal spaces. They're trying to understand who they want to be, who they are. So they're they're a little bit tentative and unsure, and that's the human condition. It's universal, right? We're all trying to figure out something. Like we're literally in the middle of a pandemic trying to figure out, man, what is what is what is what means the most to me? Like why should I get up in the morning, um, especially when the morning has been tinged by this dystopian landscape? So. We're all do it, dealing with that right now. So, yeah. So you're going to read the part from the church. Um, yes, I'm, I can read. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you can. I, I'm going to read a bit of, of the the devil is a liar, but I can also read something uh, from another piece if you'd like as well. After I finish this section, uh, okay. So go ahead. Okay, or? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Proceed. Okay. So, the devil is a liar. There are hymns, there are hymns, there are hymns, there are hosannas, there are hallelujahs. There are some who are struck dumb in his presence and those who are newborn linguists, thinking in tongues. Eyes roll heavenward, limbs grow palsied, tears of joy, of penitence, of defiance are shed. Through this sound and this fury, Sister Glory and Gaston, Minister of Music for the New African International Church of the Holy Redeemer, Brooklyn Battalion is praying fervently. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, O Alpha and Amigo. Thank you, O Heavenly Father. Thank you, O Merciful One. Glory glorifies and magnifies the Almighty for the miracle he has wrought in the life of her daughter, Temperance. Glory's voice, once whispery, rises and rises again as she sways to the unsung chorus, moving the faithful 20-person flock present for service that Sunday morning. And faithful they are to this fledgling church, its sanctuary, a dusty Brooklyn apartment, a donated space that was still undergoing a slow renovation that had spanned from Easter Sunday the year prior and might go into an unknown future unto the end of days, perhaps. The congregation is sanguine in their shared burden. Tried and tested, they will not be found lacking. So one had to watch one step on the steps on the unfinished floorboards, a mere reminder that Jesus himself was a carpenter, a man who knew the grain of cedar, of poplar, of acacia, and even of the bitterest wormwood. So the single-pane windows were unsealed and unshielding, their translucent tarp coverings fluttered in the draft like a host of angels' wings. Yes, the congregants of the New African International Church of the Holy Redeemer know that they are blessed. 
Alaska, their leader, man of God, Pastor Godlove Akonde, had journeyed all the way from church headquarters in Cameroon to share his special anointing. That very moment, the good pastor is laying hands on the forehead of Brother William, tippering all six feet of the man into the waiting arms of Sister Anna, chanting, by the spirit of Christ, by the body of Christ, by the blood of Christ raining down rapid fire, holy fire to break the ancestral curses that had kept the good brother from receiving his promotion, his increase. And now music. Now songs of praise and thanksgiving. Lori steps forward and she pushes up her plus 1.5 drugstore reading glasses. Perhaps it was time for a plus two. And she peers down at the hand-assembled hymnal that she had made. The photocopied fruits of her labors to harvest gospel songs from across the continent. Nigeria's Agatha Moses, Cameroon's Tribute Sisters. Jesus, we love you, Lord. You don't make me life better. We're going to thank you forevermore. Thank you, Baba. Oh, Lord. Sister Anna is always flat. <laughs> the congregation is singing. And they are held and swayed by the bat- baton of glory's pointer finger, keeping time, tap, tap, tapping notes in the air. She is gratified because she knows in her very marrow that their voices are pleasing to he who mattered utmost. You see, glory knows the power of church music. In over 30 years of searching for a church home, she had been to many houses of worship and had come to know the quality of a church not by the size of the hats on the church lady's head or the crisp white gloves of its ushers. She knows a church by its music, by the way its people raise their voices in gratitude. Praise Jesus. She knows the Pentecostals love a good tambourine, a jangle, rejoicing, while Catholics crave a holy hush, hums of contemplation. While the Southern Baptists were one for gamboling and holy rolling, lovers of big voice belters, soul claps, and organ riffs that settle on the sermons of their high-stepping reverends like a hype man's cape across the shoulder blade. For glory, for his glory, the music had to be especially right that day because she is bursting with a mighty testimony. All right, I'll end there. Well... Let me tell you, there's a whole a whole bunch of stuff going on in that story. She didn't even get to, um, but um, yeah, she, she didn't even get to have it. But I do love the variety, and that's what keeps me liking the book. Short stories, you know, it, it's not just like one long story together. So if you're not liking this story that she just read, there's a lot of other things going on in there. There's stuff for the youth. There's stuff for the mercenaries and the zombies. The stuff people liking the mermaids. Um, she's also getting political in there. You're talking about, you know, um, domestic violence issues uh, in the book, mm-hmm. and you're talking about, um, you know, I guess ethnic prejudices because your background, you're Cameroonian American yourself, and mm-hmm. you bring that into the book um, and and what that means to, to be African and American, like in American schools, and the mm-hmm. prejudice that that you're faced by African Americans. So there's a lot of topics that if you don't like one, you could be like, let me go to chapter this and, you know, figure out maybe I'll like that one. But either way, I think there, uh, it keeps you on your toes because it, it's the same writer. And that's the cool part. It's still you, Nana, 
and you have all these thoughts in your head. That's what I think is cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, my friend has described me as Whitmanesque because I contain multitudes. And I think we all contain multitudes, right? We're all like, you know, we just, you know, we could go from talking about brunch to talking about literature today, you know, because that's how we are. Like, you know, that's our right. lives are increasingly hashtag we, like people who used to be, like back in the day, they used to silo you and say, oh, you need to only write this, or you need to only do this. And I, I'm so glad that I'm coming, and my book is coming out and, and at a time where, where you know, we're breaking past those genre limitations and people are understanding that, look, the same writer and the same person has so many different experiences. You know, you have, I think women in particular, like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you can be, you can be mother, you can be wife, you can be your employee, you can be girlfriend, you can be sister, you can be freedom fighter, you can be everything. So I think people mm-hmm. are used to wearing many hats in their everyday life. So why shouldn't their literature reflect that? So now where can people find you online? What's your, what's your hooks on uh, Instagram and things of that nature so if they want to look you up? Oh, I try to keep things simple and, make, and not, you know, I'm frightening people like, you know, like, oh, I got to put down – at literaturegoddess dot one two three four, <laughs> you know, it's, just, you know it's, it's basically just at Nana and Cordy. So that's at you know that's at N A N A, like your, your grandma, you know. And, uh, then um, N is an N again, uh, the K W E T I. So that's my handle for Instagram. That's my handle for um, Twitter. And then my website is also um, www.nanainquetti.com. So, you know, I try to Very keep my, that branding. People. There you go. Like, I like try to keep yes. it consistent so people are not looking for, like, 15 different, you know, even though as much as hashtagging as I like for coherency with the branding, if people just know exactly where to meet, catch me, you know, and, and if they want to learn more, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to give away, like I said, some copies of your book. So I want to encourage everybody to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. On Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. And also you can email me, and that's how you're going to win the prize, by emailing me at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Well, Nana, this has been great. And next time we talk at the next book, you're going to have to tell me the best brunches in Alabama, okay? That, that's your assignment. I promise. I, you know, I would take that assignment very seriously because not a lot to eat, especially brunch, like I said. So, um, you know what? I was no, you. I like. I, I love the fact that you're actually, you know, engaging with your your audience and your and your readers with book giveaways. You know, I actually have a tote bag that I, you know, I can throw in the mix as well. So I will send you what? images of okay. that tote bag, and then and I will send you like, you know, one of them tote bags. So you let me know, like. What's what's a guan with the with the with the winners? And I'll send what's a guan? Oh, she's going with the language now. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I was in Brooklyn. I was I was in Brooklyn where you know, and I was Jai Rastafari. Rastafari. So let me know what's a guan over. You know, with that, and you just go ahead and we'll 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 put that in the mix. And I love the fact that you okay. know that, yeah, that the books will be in 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 um. And very willing and happy hands. Yes, 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 definitely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you can go back to sleep now or walk the dog or read a book or, or grade papers. Uh, oh, thank girl, you for I'm going to go pick up my eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go pick up my eyeglasses. All right, <laughs> pick up the glasses. Pick up the glasses. <laughs> have a great weekend, okay? You too. Thank you so much for okay, having right. me. You have a good day. Thank you.
You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, like I said, I'm going to give away some prizes, so follow on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook for a chance to win the book. And the author just put in a tote bag, so keep your eyes out. You can win a tote bag, the book, maybe both. You never know. Stay tuned. I'm going to be speaking with singer, musician, Judith Hill, so uh, don't go away. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager. Learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.